وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء وتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والأرحام إن الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا أيها الذين آمنوا تقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يسلح لكم أعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم وَمَن يُطِعِ اللَّهَ وَرَسُولَهُ فَقَدْ فَازَ فَوْزًا عَظِيمًا أَمَّا بَعْدُ فَإِنَّ أَصْدَقَ الْحَدِيثِ كِتَابُ اللَّهِ وَخَيْرَ الْهَدْيِ هَدْيُ مُحَمَّدٍ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ وَالشَّرَّ الْأُمُورِ مُحْدَثَاتُهَا وَكُلُّ مُحْدَثَةٍ بِدْعَةٌ وَكُلُّ بِدْعَةٍ ضَلَالَةٌ وَكُلَّ ضَلَالَةٍ فِي النَّارِ مَرْحَبًا بِكُمْ جَمِيعًا أَهْلًا وَسَهْلًا We thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for allowing us to reach this blessed month of Ramadan a month that is filled with barakat a month that has many fadail a month that is filled with many blessings, a month that has many virtues. And the Prophet ﷺ, when Ramadan will come, he would give the glad tidings and congratulate the companions regarding the coming of the month of Ramadan, as has come in the narration of Abi Huraira radiallahu an qala kana rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam yubashir ashabah he said that the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam used to give the glad tidings to his companions faqala qad ja'akum ramadan shahrun mubarakun iftaradallahu alaykum siyamahu the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he would say to his companions, giving them the glad tidings, indeed Ramadan has come to you, a blessed month, in which Allah has obligated upon you its fast. Tuftahu fihi abuwabul jannah. During this month, the gates of paradise are opened up. وَيُغْلَغْ فِيهِ أَبْوَابُ الْجَحِيمِ 
And in this month, the gates of the hellfire are locked. وَتُغَلُّ فِيهِ الشَّيَاطِينَ And during this month of Ramadan, the shayateen, they are restrained, they are locked up. فِيهِ لَيْلَةٌ خَيْرٌ مِنْ أَلْفِ شَهْرٌ And during the month of Ramadan, there is a night that is better than 1,000 months. مَنْ حُرِمَ خَيْرَهَا فَقَدْ حُرِمَ And whoever is deprived of the good of that night, which is better than 1,000 months of worship, then this person is truly deprived. In another narration, on the authority of Abi Huraira radiallahu an, قَالَ قَالَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ إِذَا كَانَ أَوَّلُ لَيْلَةٍ مِنْ شَهْرِ رَمَضَانِ سُفِدَتِ الشَّيَاطِينَ وَمَرَضَتُ الْجِنِّ وَغُلِّقَتْ أَبْوَابُ النَّارِ فَلَمْ يُفْتَحْ مِنْهَا بَابٍ وَفُتِّحَتْ أَبْوَابُ الْجَنَّةِ فَلَمْ يُغْلَقْ مِنْهَا بَابٍ وَيُنَادِي مُنَادٍ يَا بَاغِيَ الْخَيْرِ أَقْبِلْ وَيَا بَاغِيَ الشَّرِ أَقْصِرْ وَلِلَّهِ أُتَقَى مِنَ النَّارِ وَذَلِكَ كُلُّ لَيْلًا Another narration on the authority of Abi Huraira radiallahu an He said the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam stated that when it is the first night when it is the first night from the month of Ramadan, the devils and the leaders of the jinn are locked up. And the doors or the gates of the hellfire are closed and no doors open. And the gates or the doors of the paradise are opened up and no door or gate is closed. And a caller calls out, O oh, you who desire that which is good, embark upon that which is good. And O oh, you who desire that which is evil, refrain from doing evil. And Allah, He has people that He saves from the hellfire, and that's every night during the nights of Ramadan. So from these narrations here, number one, the Prophet ﷺ used to give the glad tidings to the companions that Ramadan has come. Also, the Prophet ﷺ described Ramadan as Shahrul Mubarak. It is a blessed month. Meaning, it is a month that has Kathratul Barakah. Yani Mubarak, Kathratul Barakah. That Ramadan is a month that has an abundance of blessings. There are many blessings found in this month of Ramadan. Also, from the virtues of Ramadan, the gates of the paradise are opened up and no gate is closed. And the gates of the hellfire are closed and no gate is open. And this is an indication of the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala during this month. And the forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala during this month. Also from the virtues is that during this month, there is one night that is better than 1,000 months of worship. And that's Laylatul Qadr. As Allah Azza wa Jal mentions, Laylatul Qadri khayrun min alfi shahr. That the night of decree is better than 1,000 months. Meaning more than 80 years of worship 
one night is better than that time period of worship. And the Prophet ﷺ mentioned something as a means of encouragement and at the same time a warning that whoever is deprived of the good of this night, then indeed he is deprived. This is an encouragement from the Prophet ﷺ that it is upon us to seek out this night so that we may attain the great virtues and benefits from this night. And likewise, it is a stern warning against being lazy in the month of Ramadan during the nights of Ramadan. And that one should be aware not to leave off the worship during the night in the nights of Ramadan. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam mentioned that a caller will cause out Ya Baghi al Khair Akbil, O you who desire that which is good, embark upon that which is good. Ramadan is a time of year in which we should be striving to do good. Ramadan is a time of year where the Muslim should be improving in his practice of Islam or her practice of Islam. Ramadan is a time of year where the Iman, one's faith, should be increasing. We should be making progress as it relates to our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We shouldn't be digressing and going backwards. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He aids us and helps us in this month by locking up the devils or the leaders from amongst them. So evil is lessened during this month. Evil is at a minimum during this month. It doesn't mean that evil doesn't exist at all whatsoever. No, there's evil that exists in Ramadan, but it's at a minimum. It's lessened during this time of year. And this aids the believer, Barakallah Fikum, to embark upon the good that this month holds. Another point, Barakallah Fikum, as it relates to the virtues of Ramadan from these narrations, is that the one who has a desire to do evil, he should refrain. For by Allah, this is the time to do good. And this is not the time for one to be doing evil. And if a person is not going to withhold from doing evil in Ramadan, then when is he going to withhold from doing evil? Because normally, Ramadan is a time of year that brings out the best of the people as it relates to the believers. But if you have an individual that even in Ramadan, this individual is embarking upon that which is evil, then for sure there is a sickness in that individual's heart. For sure there is a deficiency of iman for that Muslim. So the caller calls out, O you who, des who desire that which is evil, refrain from doing evil. Perhaps, barakallah fikum, the greatest of the virtues of Ramadan is that Ramadan is the month of the Qur'an. As Allah Azza wa Jal, He mentions in the Qur'an, شَهْرُ رَمَضَانَ الَّذِي أُنزِلَ فِيهِ الْقُرْآنَ هُدًا لِلنَّاسِ وَبَيِّنَاتٍ مِّنَ الْهُدَى وَالْفُرْقَانِ 
فمن شاهد منكم الشهر فليصوم the month of Ramadan in which the Quran was revealed in. Guidance for mankind in clarity from the guidance in the criterion. Meaning the Quran is a criterion by which a person can distinguish between right and wrong. Therefore, whoever witnesses the month, then let him fast. So here in this verse, in Surah Al-Baqarah, verse number 185, Allah mentions that the Qur'an was revealed in the month of Ramadan. And what this means, two matters, Barakallah Fikum. First, the Qur'an was revealed to the lowest heavens in this entirety. To Bayt al-Izzah. And then it came down in proportions. And the first of that which came down to the Prophet sallallahu by way of Jibreel alayhi salam is Iqra bismi rabbika alladhi khalaq. And we have the narration in the Sahih of Imam al-Bukhari rahimahullah ta'ala which details this event of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam receiving the revelation. And this narration is on the authority of Aisha radiallahu anha, Um al-Mu'mineen, قالت أول ما بدأ به رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم من الوحي الرؤيا الصالحة في النوم فكان لا يرى رؤيا إلا جاءت مثل فلق الصبح عائشة رضي الله عنها she mentioned the first of that which began as it relates to the revelation with the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is the righteous dream. Is the righteous dream. And it was to the point that the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam did not see a dream except that that dream came to life. It came true and apparent like the breaking of the dawn. And this here, barakallah fikum, is from the prophethood. As there is an authentic narration on the authority of Abi Huraira radiallahu an, where he mentioned that the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam stated, Ar-Ru'ya as-Saliha Juz'un min sittat min sittatin wa arba'ina juz'an min al-nabuwa. That the righteous dream is a part of 46 parts of prophethood. The righteous dream is a part of 46 parts of, of prophethood. So that remains with the people. However, they, it doesn't make us prophets. The righteous dream is a dream that's from Allah where you see goodness and then it comes to life. It comes true. That's the righteous dream and that righteous dream is a portion of prophethood 
that remains with the people. However, it does not make us prophets. As dreams are of three types. You have the righteous dream that is from Allah. And then you have the, the dream that comes from yourself. And when you think about things a lot and you dream about them. And the third type of dream is that which comes from the shaitan. The nightmares. When you see things in your dream that you do not like, something bad. These type of dreams you should never narrate to anyone. The Prophet ﷺ, he taught us that whenever someone sees in his dream that which he dislikes, when he wakes up, let him turn to his left side and lightly spit three times. And seek refuge with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from that which he's seen of evil in the dream. And when he does that, then the evil that he's seen in the dream will not touch him, will not afflict him. And then he should change and turn his body to the opposite direction than where he was sleeping in. And he should not inform anyone. In any event, the righteous dreams are from Allah. And if you have a good righteous dream, then we are encouraged by way of the sunnah to tell the people who you love them and they love you. Not everybody. You tell the people who you love them and they love you. And the reason for this, Barakallahu Fikum, so that the people who have love for you, they can make dua for you and hope that what you've seen of good in your dream will come true. And you do not tell the people who do not wish or want good for you because perhaps they give you the evil eye. Aisha radiallahu anha, she went on to say, ثُمَّ حُبِّبَ إِلَيْهِ الْخَلَاءِ وَكَانَ يَخْلُوا بِغَارِ حِرَاءِ فَيَتَحَنَّثُوا فِيهِ أَلَّيَالِيَ ذَوَاتِ الْعَدَدِ قَبَلَ أَنْ يَنْزِعَ إِلَى أَهْلِي وَيَتَزَوَّدُوا لِذَلِكَ ثُمَّ يَرْجِعُوا إِلَى خَدِيجَةِ فَيَتَزَوَّدُوا لِمِثْلِهَا حَتَّى جَاءَهُ الْحَقِّ وَهُوَ فِي غَارِ حِرَاءِ Aisha radiallahu anha, she mentioned that seclusion was made beloved to him, meaning the Prophet sallallahu And this is before he became the Prophet and Messenger. He was having these dreams, this was the beginning. And then he loved to be in seclusion, away from the society, away from the people. Why? Because what was taking place in the society was corruption. Rather the greatest of corruption, the greatest of oppression, as Allah mentions, that Luqman said to his son, Ya Bunaya, la tushrik billah, inna shirka la azim. Oh my son, do not associate partners with Allah, Indeed, the associating of partners with Allah is the greatest oppression. So the Prophet ﷺ lived in this society where the greatest oppression was taking place. And that was the worship of other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this was other than the millah of Ibrahim salam. Although the people in that region, they attributed themselves to be upon the way of Ibrahim salam. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He frees Ibrahim alayhi salam from those who falsely attribute themselves to Him 
As Allah Azawajal mentions, مَا كَانَ إِبْرَاهِيمُ يَهُودِيًّا وَلَا نَصْرَانِيًّا وَلَكِنْ كَانَ حَنِيفًا مُسْلِمًا وَمَا كَانَ مِنَ الْمُشْرِكِينَ That Ibrahim, he was not a Yahud or from the Yahud, nor was he from the Nasara. But he was Hanif and he was a Muslim. Meaning he was a monotheist. Ibrahim didn't worship idols. And he was a Muslim, one who submitted to Allah. And he was not from amongst the polytheists. But in that region, the polytheists, they attributed themselves to have a connection with Ibrahim alayhi salam and Ismail alayhi salam. But they did not worship the idols, meaning Ibrahim and Ismail, whereas the people of that time, they were worshipping the idols and they were away from the Milla of Ibrahim alayhi salam. So the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he loved to go into seclusion. In the cave of Hira. And when he would be there, he would worship Allah. The word here, يتحنث, it means here, يتعبد. He would go into seclusion, he would worship Allah. Meaning to the best of his ability. The Prophet ﷺ, he never worshipped the idols. Never. And there were others who never worshipped idols. Like Khadija radiallahu anha, she never worshipped idols. Like Abu Bakr radiallahu anha, he never worshipped the idols. But then you have from the Sahaba, those who used to worship the idols, and then Allah Azza wa Jal guided them. But the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he never worshipped idols. And he would go into the cave and seclude himself from the society, and he would worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in privacy. And this here, barakallahu feekum, is what is legislated in times of fitting, in trials and tribulation where it is not safe for a person to be in society and mix in society because it will have a negative effect upon him. In those cases, a person is to flee with his religion and go into seclusion and worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in secret when it is not safe for him to worship Allah in public. But the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he went away from the society worshiping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in private. And he would do this for many nights. And then he will go down to his family and get the provisions. He will go to Khadija. And then he will return back to the cave and he will go and worship for some more nights. And then he will come down to Khadija. And then he will get his provisions and go back to the cave. And then it says, Until the truth came to him. Meaning the truth from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. فَجَاءَهُ الْمَلَكِ فَقَالَ إِقْرَى قَالَ مَا أَنَا بِقَارِي so the angel came to him and said to him, read. And he said, I cannot read, or I'm not one who reads. So then he took me and he squeezed me and he pressed me. Extremely or with a severe pressing. And then he let me go and he said to me, read. So I said again, I cannot read or I'm not one who reads. And then he grabbed me a second time and pressed me severely hard. And then he released me. And then he said again, read. And then he 
خَلَقَ الْإِنسَانِ مِنْ عَلَقِ اِقْرَى وَرَبُّكَ الْأَكْرَمِ He said, so he grabbed me for the second time and squeezed me very hard until it was unbearable. He squeezed the Prophet very hard and then he released him and said, read. He said, I'm not one who reads. And then he grabbed me for a third time. And he squeezed me. And then he let me go, and then he said, Read in the name of your Lord who created, the one who created mankind from a clot. Read in the name of, or read, and your Lord is the one who is the most honorable, the most generous. From here, Barakallah Fikum, you have to imagine the state of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in this situation. If anyone has uh, been to Mecca, and seen where the Prophet ﷺ will go. That mountain is pretty high. And as a side point, it's not legislated. It is Again, it is not legislated for anyone to climb up that mountain and try to go into the cave in order to pray to Raqqa'ah. That's not legislated. If it was something that was legislated, Wallahi the Sahaba would have done this. In the time of the Prophet ﷺ and after his death. But no one from the Sahaba went to that area or went to that cave and prayed to Raqqa'ah. And unfortunately, people out of ignorance and not knowing, they think that there's a virtue of climbing up that mountain and then shimmying their way down into that cave. And then praying to Raqqa'ah in that cave. People have fallen off of that mountain and lost their lives to do something that's not even legislated. So we have to be very careful that when we do things in, uh, in worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and out of respect and honor for our Prophet sallallahu that it has to be something that is in accordance to the legislation. So Jibreel salam came to him while he's in that cave. Now mind you, the Prophet is by himself. So for one to appear in the cave and then grab him extremely hard and squeeze him to his unbearable. This is a frightening situation for him. And another point, when Jibreel commanded the Prophet to read, the Prophet does not read the written word. He can speak, he can recite what's recited to him, but he cannot read the written word. And this here, barakallah fikum, is not a matter that we should be ashamed of. Rather, Allah decreed it to be that way, so that when He comes with the Qur'an, the people cannot say He wrote it. Because the Prophet wasallam doesn't read the written word, nor does He write. And the proof of that, barakallah fikum, is during the Treaty of Hudaybiyah. And Ali ibn Abi Talib was writing on behalf of the Prophet and as they agreed upon the terms, the Prophet ﷺ had Ali ibn Abi Talib write that these are the terms that uh, in the name of Allah, uh, uh, Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim, And these are the, the terms agreed upon by Muhammad, the Messenger of Allah ﷺ. So they told him that take away uh, this statement that he's the Messenger of Allah. And if we knew you were the Messenger of Allah, we would not, have, we would not fight against you. So the Prophet told Ali, erase it. Ali said, I will never remove from you this title of the Messenger of Allah. The Prophet said, where is it? Show it to me. 
because he couldn't read the written word. Where is it? So they pointed it out to him and he, re- he erased it. And then he had written, agreed upon by Muhammad ibn Abdullah. But the point is that the Prophet ﷺ did not read the written word. So now no one can come and claim that the Prophet ﷺ himself made up the Qur'an and wrote the Qur'an. This is the, the sign, this is the miracle. That Allah he sent to the people an illiterate prophet, but the speech of the Qur'an is eloquent speech, which shows that it is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Others have interpreted that the Prophet said, I don't know what to read. When Jibreel said read, he said, I don't know what to read. Or what am I to read? In any event, Jibreel told him to read in the name of your Lord, the one who has created. This was the first revelation from the Quran that came to the Prophet and this took place during Laylatul Qadr. Inna anzalnahu fi Laylatul Qadr. Indeed, we revealed it to him. This is what Allah is speaking about. Allah revealed these verses to the Prophet during the night of decree. So read in the name of your Lord who created. And Allah is the creator. And that's what makes him our Lord. And being that Allah is the creator, then Allah is the one deserving of all worship. As Allah, He states, Ya ayyuhan nas, u'budu rabbakum alladhi khalaqakum, walladhina min qablikum la'allakum tattakun. O mankind, worship your Lord who has created you and created those before you in order that you may attain piety. The one who has created mankind from a cloth and reed, and your Lord is the most honorable. فَرَجَعَ بِهَا رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ يَرْجُفُ فُؤَادُهُ فَدَخَلَ عَلَى خَدِيجَةَ بِنْتِ خُوَيْلِتْ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهَا فَقَالَ زَمِّلُونِي زَمِّلُونِي So the Messenger صلى الله عليه وسلم, he returned to Khadija with these verses, with this revelation. And his heart was trembling with fear. The Prophet was afraid. He's a human being. And there is something that's called natural fear. And this was the natural fear that the Prophet ﷺ had. Because again, just imagine you, imagine you being in your home. And no one is home. Your wife and children, they're with your in-laws. And you're the only one in the house. And you're in the bathroom, brushing your teeth. And then next thing you know, somebody, you look in the mirror, somebody's standing behind you and they grabbing you, squeezing you real tight. You probably wet your pants. <laughs> Seriously. You understand? You'd be frightened. Allah knows best, you probably die from, from shock. Have a heart attack, instant heart attack, right there, on the spot. This is a frightening situation. So this is not something that's blameworthy, where it's mentioned the Prophet, his, he was afraid. This was the natural fear. And the person is not blamed for having natural fear. Barakallah fiqh. Jazakallah khairan. The Sheikh makes a. Uh, that's right. <laughs> On top of the mountain in a cave. Who's do, what, what, is he, what is this individual doing up there with me? You understand? So you just have to understand the circumstances of why the Prophet ﷺ came down and he was frightened from the situation. 
It doesn't mean that the Prophet ﷺ was a coward. Because the Sahaba anhum attested to the bravery of the Prophet ﷺ. That in the times of battle, when the battle would get intense, they all would get behind the Messenger of Allah ﷺ. He would be in the forefront. That's not the characteristics of a coward. That's the characteristics of bravery for the sake of Allah Azawajal. So he returned to Khadija and he said to her, cover me up, cover me up. فَزَمَّلُوهُ حَتَّى ذَهَبَ عَنْهُ الرَّوْعَ So they covered him up until his fear left. فَقَالَ لِي خَدِيجَ وَأَخْبَرَهَا الْخَبَرِ So he informed Khadija about what took place. Then he said to her, لَقَدْ خَشِيتُ عَلَى نَفْسِي I was afraid for myself. Look at the response of Khadija. And this here is an example for our woman of how a wife is to be a support for her husband. Especially in times where the husband may be afraid of a matter or worried about a situation or he's not at ease. Here we have Khadija, she said to him, Kalla wallahi, ma yukhziq Allahu abadan. She said, no, by Allah, Allah will never disgrace you. The Prophet ﷺ in a state of fear, he's calming down, and then he said to Khadija, I was afraid for myself. And Khadija, radiallahu anha, she said some words to bring more ease to the heart of the Prophet ﷺ by saying that Allah will never disgrace you. And then she mentioned the reasons why. إِنَّكَ لَتَصِلُ الرَّحْمٍ Indeed, you keep the ties of kinship. وَتَحْمِلُ الْكَلَّ And you take care of the poor. وَتَكْسِبُ الْمَعْدُومِ And you, get, you, you, you clothe those who do not have, the less fortunate. وَتَقْرِضْ ضَيْفِ And you honor your guests or the guests. وَتَعِينُ عَلَى نَوَائِبِ الْحَقِّ And you help people who are oppressed to get their rights. These are our characteristics of the Prophet ﷺ before he was a prophet and messenger. These are things he used to do. The Prophet ﷺ was an honorable man prior to being the Prophet ﷺ. So with this, Khadija, she reminded him of the good that he was known for doing. And for these good deeds, Allah would not disgrace a good person such as himself. And this is how a wife should be with her husband. Especially when she sees that her husband is not his normal self, she should do that which will bring ease and calm to the situation. And she should not do anything or say anything that's going to increase the fright or the worry or the individual being uh, uneasy with whatever is taking place. And Khadija radiallahu anha, she was a woman of noble character herself. As we see, she demonstrated here. فَانْطَلَقَتْ بِهِ خَدِيجَ حَتَّى أَتَتْ بِهِ وَرَقَتَ بَنَ نَوْفِلْ إِبْنَ عَمِّ خَدِيجَ So now Khadija, not only did she say some words to bring ease to him, she does another good. What is that? She takes him to a scholar. She took him... To her cousin Waraka ibn Nawfil. He was a person who had accepted the religion of the Nasara in Jahiliya. 
فَيَقْتُبْ مِنَ الْإِنْجِيلِ بِإِبْرَانِيَةِ So he used to write in the book in Hebrew. He used to write the gospel in Hebrew. وَكَانَ الشَّيْخٌ كَبِيرًا قَدْ عَمِيَ He was an older man who lost his eyesight. فَقَالَتْ لَهُ خَدِيجَةِ يَا بَنَا عَمْ إِسْمَعْ مِنْ إِبْنَ أَخِيكَ So Khadija said to him, O oh, my cousin, listen to your nephew. فَقَالَ لَهُ وَرَقَى يَا بَنَا أَخِي مَاذَا تَرَى He said, O oh, my nephew, what did you see? فَأَخْبَرَهُ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَمْ خَبَرَ مَا رَأَى So the Messenger صلى الله عليه وسلم informed them of what he saw. فَقَالَ لَهُ وَرَقَى هَذَا النَّامُوسِ الَّذِي نَزَّلَ اللَّهُ عَلَى مُوسَى So Waraka, he said, this is Namus, the one who Allah sent to Musa. Uh, Toyota license plate T73956-1C. Please remove your car. So Waraka, he said to him, this is Namus. What he means by Namus, meaning Jibreel alayhi salam. The one who Allah sent to Musa. Ya laytani fiha jada'an, laytani akunu hayyan. إِذْ يُخْرِجُكَ قَوْمُكَ He said, oh, I wish that I was still young and strong. And oh, I wish that I was, would be alive when your people exile you. فَقَالَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ أَوَمُخْرِجِيَهُمْ They're going to kick me out, they're going to exile me. قَالَ نَعَمْ لَمْ يَأْتِي رَجُلٌ قَطْ بِمِثْلِ مَا جِئْتَ بِهِ إِلَّا عُودِيَا وَإِنْ يُدْرِكْنِي يَوْمُكَ أَنْصُرُكَ نَصْرًا مُعَزَّرًا ثُمَّ لَمْ يَنْشَبْ أَن وَفَطَرَ الْوَحِي So the Prophet ﷺ asked Waraka, are they going to kick me out? And, the, and Waraka said, yes. Never has a man come with the likes of that which you have come with except that he was opposed. And if I was to reach your day, I would aid you with a strong aiding. And then Waraka, he lived a few days after that, and then he died, and then the revelation has stopped. In one narration, it mentions that being Waraka was blind, he put his hand on the back of the Messenger وسلم, and rubbed his back. He was looking for the seal of prophethood. Because the Prophet had a lump of flesh that stuck out of his back between his shoulders that was like the size of like a small pigeon egg. And that was the seal of prophethood, and he felt it. So he knew that he was truly the last a prophet to come. Because Waraka, remember, he studied the, the gospel, the Injil. And even though it was corrupted, there was still parts of the Injil that remained untouched, which foretold the coming of the Prophet wasallam. So here, when we hear the verse, the month of Ramadan, in which the Quran came down in, this is the narration that is connected to that verse. And that hadith is in the Sahih. Of Imam al-Bukhari, uh, volume 1 in the first chapter. Barakallahu feekum wa subhanaka allahumma bihamdik. Ashadu an la ilaha ila anta staghfiruhu wa atubi ilayhi.